Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Jesus declared to the people, I am the bread of life. We find this in John chapter 6 from verses 22 through 40, which were read for us earlier in the worship. But we will be following those words as we go through the sermon today, reading from the New Living Translation. Please pray with me as we begin. Father, may the words I speak and the thoughts that come to our minds be acceptable to you and be for us your words this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Do you ever find a really good restaurant? When you do, two things often happen. First, you want to go back. Perhaps have the same thing. Or if you're like me and are adventuresome, you try something else. Recently, I took Carolyn to a restaurant, one of our favorites, and I'd had short ribs before, and I was thinking about getting them again. But there was a lobster mac and cheese most recently put on the menu. I had to try it. Oh, my, was I glad. And the second thing is you tell others about it and perhaps invite them to join you the next time that you go. But have you ever been really hungry? Then almost any restaurant will be good. You tell hungry people where it is, especially those people that matter to you. Some similar experiences for at least feelings are found in today's scripture text. Jesus had spent a long day with this large crowd of people. And at the evening mealtime, he provided a feast for them all, using only the groceries found in a lunch sack of a young boy. After the meal, Jesus saw the, the people saw Jesus' disciples get into a boat and leave the area. But they didn't see Jesus get into the boat. Other gospel accounts tell us that Jesus went into the hills north of Galilee alone to pray. It must have been a warm night. It must have been that time of year because the people stayed at the seams all night along the shore of Galilee looking for Jesus. It is here that we dive into today's text from the Gospel of John. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on for the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. So, the people head for Capernaum. Why there? Well, Capernaum really was the place where Jesus spent most of his time. It could be said that while Capernaum was the earthly headquarters of Jesus during his years of ministry, we read on. They found Jesus on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Jesus unveils their motives. What lay behind the small talk and the questions? Free food. Jesus goes on to tell them about eternal life food. Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. 
For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. We read on. The people replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? What a great question. What does God require of us? Listen to Jesus' response. He answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent, to believe. Believe can be a religion, a set of beliefs, positions to hold that may or may not shape the life that I live. To believe can be to trust, but trust can easily be limited to some areas of my life and not to others. For Jesus, I think believe means to base your life on him. How he thinks, I am to begin thinking. How he feels, I am to feel. How he speaks, I am to speak. How he lives, I am to live. And there are challenges basing our life on Jesus. In 1995, I owned a beautiful 1990 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. It was white, six cylinders, four-wheel drive. The only problem was that it had to be a broken antenna that just annoyed me no end. I was in a meeting at church where I was the pastor and my Jeep was in the parking lot. When the meeting was over, I went outside. The Jeep was gone. It had been stolen. I gave a description of the Jeep to the police who said they would notify the nearby towns, both giving them a description and the license plate number that was on the Jeep. A week later, the Jeep was found in Bridgeport, Connecticut. When I went with an officer to pick it up, there was some damage. A broken driver's side window, that's how they got in. A broken on-off switch on the steering column, that's how they got it started. A tear in the passenger side leather seat. And broken interior lights, which the officer said was probably because they used the Jeep as a robbery instrument and didn't want to be seen with lights being on. And of course, there was the antenna. It was certainly still broken. Additionally, I had a small bag of tools and emergency supplies that were also missing. My insurance agent gave me a form to fill in for the losses and asked me to get a quote from uh, the items that had been broken or taken. I went to the repair shop. Huh. I wanted to get prices for the repairs, and that's where the challenge or actually the temptations began. It was suggested that I include the antenna in the loss. It was suggested that it didn't just say a screwdriver and a pair of pliers, but instead a screwdriver set and a set of pliers were in the toolbox. It was tempting, but this would not be God's plan working in my life. This would not be believing. Instead, I would have been lying. I would have been cheating. And I would have been stealing from my insurance company. That is not what Jesus intends for his children to do. If Jesus is my Lord, my actions of life must demonstrate honesty and integrity, even if no one else would have known the difference. To this day, I'm glad that in that moment I made the right decision. I think it's safe to say that God expects me and all of his children to make right decisions. This is, in part, what it means to believe, 
to live like Jesus did. We look again to the Bible and read how the people responded to Jesus. Remember, he has just told them that what God wants is for them to believe in the one he has sent. The people answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness, and the scripture says Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. How quickly these people are getting back to food. They went from a good question, what does God want, to a self-centered question, what are you going to do about our wants? Jesus responds. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus clarifies. It was the father, not Moses, who gave the bread from heaven. And Jesus instructs. It is the father who gives you true, that is complete, fulfilling, transforming, forgiving, loving, bread now. This is also bread from heaven. And then the people respond, Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. The people's fixation on food is overwhelming. Listen now to Jesus. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus ramps up his clarification by saying, I am the bread of life. He is declaring that he is the bread from heaven, that he is from the Father God and is bread of life for the world. He tells them they will never have a hunger beyond that which can satisfy, and he will satisfy it. But note, he also declares himself, to be the thirst quencher. There'll be more coming on that in a few weeks as Pastor Alley preaches on February 7th about him saying, I am the vine. Except for a hundred yards on either side of the Jordan River and within perhaps 200 yards from the Mediterranean shoreline, the country of Israel is and always has been a desert region. And in many places, nothing more than a wasteland. I've walked many places in Israel and have seen what is available to eat from this land. What I've seen, I do not want to put in my mouth, ever. I compare it to the desert experience I had with the Navajo tribal lands of Arizona. I was treated to a potluck supper made by the parents of the children we had taught in vacation Bible school in the previous week. It was a mystery meal. And when I asked the chief what it was, he responded, I'll tell you after dinner. Huh. He kept his promise. Boiled cactus, baked grasshoppers, rice and grubs, and barbecued rattlesnake. For a beverage, we had Coke. It was really good. Our Navajo friends experienced a feast. We experienced a challenge. And some had a difficult time trying to be gracious. Returning to Israel and to our story, the notion of bread at the time of Jesus was a treat. And Jesus has just fed the people a satisfying meal of bread and fish with extremely limited resources. It was also freely given to them. 
They'd never had it so good. It's hard for us to relate to their experience. We don't really have limited resources. We may say, I'm hungry, but the truth is, we have ultimate choices, and many of them, and we have no limit of resources. When we say we're hungry, we're saying, I'm hungry for a burger, or a waffle, or mac and cheese, or whatever your favorite is. We are so rich in a broad variety of resources. Food is expected, and a variety with choice is commonplace. We are fully provided for. So let us listen one more time to Jesus and discover the point that he was seeking to make with the people and with us. Listen, Jesus is speaking. But you haven't believed in me even though you've seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Do you see it? Do you see it, really? Jesus is saying that God's will for them and us is the same. Real life. Not just for now, but even after we die. What is that? Death is the place where we can identify with the hungry desert people of Jesus' day. Even though we have ample resources and unlimited options for food, the one thing we face as they did is death. Death is still highly active. And goodness knows, in this past 10 months, we have seen especially how active death is and how many thousands and hundreds of thousands, even millions of people, have perished from the pandemic, not counting all the other things that normally take people's lives. And if you and I are building our life on what we can provide for ourselves and our family, we will fall far short of all that is possible, especially possible through Jesus the Christ. Jesus, and only Jesus, can provide for us the nourishment that will satisfy our soul, both now and for eternity. There is no other provision in the world that gives that kind of nourishment. This is why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never go hungry. Two things I invite you to participate in each day in this coming week in response to this story from John 6. There's a handout for you to help with this activity of prayer and silence with God that provides an opportunity to personally go deeper with Jesus' declaration, I am the bread of life. Begin by setting aside 10 minutes in a quiet and private place to do this each day, beginning today. The first thing Breathe prayers. For two to three minutes, become aware of and intentional in your breathing. As you inhale, whisper, remind me, Lord, of the ways you nourish me. Remind me, Lord, of the ways you nourish me. And as you exhale, whisper, thank you, Lord, for your provision. 
Thank you, Lord, for your provision. Note what the Lord brings to your mind. Do this for two to three minutes. And secondly, look. It's called Visio Divina. For three to five minutes, look at the image. It's on your screen now, and you also have a piece of paper with it. Notice what you notice and what stirs within you. Then look again more deeply. What draws you in? What repels you? What intrigues you? What emotions are stirred in you? And ask the Holy Spirit to help you discover what God may be saying to you. And after you've done that, at the end of the 10 minutes, thank God for your special time together. Pray with me now. Lord, thank you for our time together this day. Help us to take time each day in the coming week to allow your declaration and you to go deep into our minds and hearts and so nourish our souls. Amen.